Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I am Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic and glad I'm the older sibling. Yeah, so am I, actually. Uh, I Works mean, out pretty well for the older sibling I know, all the time. We're the, I mean, we're the Barts in, the, in our situations. Uh, we are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Uh, for $2 a month, you gain access to all of our bonus uh, content, bonus episodes, monthly bonus episodes, episode reviews of new episodes. Plus, we're doing over the summer, we're looking at King of the Hill and Rick and Morty and doing other, trying to include other things time to time. Uh, we have someone to thank, Matt. All right. Someone to add to the panoply of awesome people. It's a good word. Charles McNeil. Thank you very much, Charles. Thank you, Charles. On to this week's episode. It is My Sister, My Sitter, episode 4F13, originally aired March 2nd, 1997, written by Dan Greeny, who also wrote Summer 4 Foot 2. Matt, another Lisa episode. Well, then, he just, yeah, he seems to have a focus, apparently. Yeah, he, I, they, they mentioned multiple times that he writes a lot of uh, Bart and Lisa episodes. He focuses on the children. Uh, episode directed by Jim Reardon, uh, finished 47th. In the ratings, uh, in a tie with Melrose Place, of uh, Nielsen rating of 9.0, equivalent to 8.7 million viewing households. It was the fifth highest rated show on Fox that week. So Fox, I guess, did fairly well that that week if they had five in the top 50, right? Whereas, I don't know if that's good. Is that good? Well, five above nine is, is was pretty good, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to compare nowadays when you have, you know, things get like, Simpsons nowadays get a two- or a one or one point five, and they're like, "Oh man, that was a good job, highest rated show." So it things have fallen. Uh, the couch gag, uh, the living room is a uh, is on a ship. Uh, the Simpsons get washed away by a wave. It's it's interesting. It's new. Yeah, it's all right. It's not bad. I don't, I don't mind it uh, whatsoever. Uh, the episode begins. With I on Springfield, uh, we get the look at the first two-story outhouse. <laughs> yeah, not great. A comedy nurse is this is this is prior to Patch Adams, is it not? I don't think so. I think Patch Adams was before this, which is terrifying. In any case, Patch Adams came out in 1998, so this was prior to Patch Adams. Uh, oh, okay. The real Patch Adams uh, was around. He, he did exist in real life before this, but. I I don't I can't I cannot I can't not make that comparison when I they talk about comedy uh comedy doctor comedy nurse it seems that the comparison is right there uh then we get to see uh the the biggest news in Springfield it is the uh unveiling of the uh, the South Street Squidport uh and their black tie event I'm walking on the waterfront. Once the center of a thriving squid-gutting industry. Now abandoned by all but a few longshoremen and allied tradespeople. But the decades of rot will end with the opening of the South Street Squidport, an upscale shopping promenade with authentic maritime theming. And to kick it all off in style, area merchants will host a black tie gala Saturday night. Ooh, that sounds fabulous, Homer. Stores throw the best parties. You like parties, huh? Well, I just remembered they're having a big one down at the waterfront this weekend. You didn't remember that. You just saw it on TV. The important thing is I didn't imagine it. (laughs) (laughs) To have to imagine is definitely a risk in that household. (laughs) 
Uh, so we we see that uh, they even uh, make an allusion to move over Baltimore. This is, I don't know, it's a movement that you still see quite often today. It's, uh, I mean, it's gentrification in general. Yeah, exactly. It is. I think we now have a term for it, uh, gentrification. Uh, but, you know, you take a poor area and then you put expensive things in it and make people want to move there. Uh, we're not going to. Especially in this particular case of the Springfield Squidport, uh, expensive things that no one would ever in their right mind want, like the malaria zone. <laughs> hey, hey, you don't want to shop at the malaria zone, Matt? Get all your. I, I don't. I don't actually. You get some khaki. Uh, you can get some of your cargo shorts there. Your dad. Your dad shorts. I. I have to get special ones that are extra rip resistant. I think the malaria zone would have you covered. You'd think so, but probably not. I don't know. They probably it's if it if they are more expensive. Hopefully, they're more well made, and you they'd be more rip resistant. You think, perhaps. You'd think so, but you have a very special fabric. Uh, I actually get mine uh, from the uh, police suppliers, uh, law enforcement, military suppliers. Actually, this is not a joke, guys. This is real life. Uh, oh no, this is definitely real. I got the real stuff over here. Yeah, uh, Matt has the real stuff in his pants. Uh, they we we cut to Lisa been talking to my wife too much. Yeah, I know. Lisa and Janie uh, see them talking about uh, the babysitter twins. Uh, uh, the Springfield version of an amalgamation of various real life book series. Uh, there's. Uh, have you ever read the Babysitters Club, Robbie? No, I have not. They're they are, they are quite a pathological bunch. It's uh, quite depressing. They've got quite a few mental illnesses to address in those books. I, I'm, I don't want to paint like gender norm into this, but you know, I, I they I knew they existed, but as a kid, I was like, I'm a boy, so I read. Uh, Goosebumps. That is what your those your options. You could you you could read Goosebumps or you could read Babysitters Club. And if you're so if you're a boy, you read Goosebumps, uh, and you read about or home. or or if you're you know you read sci-fi, you just read all the Star Wars novels, all of them. I don't I don't need to read about Wookiees being killed by moons, Matt. It's not necessary. Hey, that actually didn't come about until long past. I'm talking about Luke Skywalker falling in love with a robot. And, uh, you know, weird little gray assassin dudes that the Emperor's kept in slavery for decades. You know, no, I, I know. I don't know. That's exactly, I think, what we're what I'm saying is I don't know about the weird little gray people that the Emperor kept in slavery. Uh, but the Babysitter's, Babysitter's Club, that is one of them. There's also, uh, there was also a book series called The Something Twins. And then, and all of these, I think some of them were even, like, loosely, con- loosely connected in their own universes. It's very strange. But Lisa, obviously... Like many other young girls, are, are was enraptured by these books, and her and Janie are are sharing their their mutual interest. However, it seems Lisa takes them more much more seriously than Janie does. Lisa's like it is she's talking about like babysitting, like it's some like grand privilege. And uh, full refrigerator privilege, full refrigerator privileges are a sacred trust. Oh yes, yes, it, it, you must honor these things. These people are putting your trust in you, so you must. It's a grand responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut to uh, the the everyone at, at church. Uh, everyone looks suitably bored, especially for a lovejoy church. After all, it, well, I mean, I'm not saying church. There's plenty of pastors out there and reverends and, and ministers and religious leaders who are very charismatic uh, and and good speakers who can draw you into a, a, a rile up a crowd. Well, I mean, I'm, there's merit in in sermons. 
I'm not saying all sermons are are empty of are devoid of merit. I'm saying Reverend Lovejoy's sermons are devoid of merit because they're boring and no one listens to them. Uh, but we uh, basically cut to the end of the of the uh, service where he is re- reading the adver- advertisements uh, for the church. All right, I have two announcements. Friday, you will have the chance to party down in the church basement to the Jesus Rock stylings of Testament. That's Friday, 6 p.m. sharp. All the best bands are affiliated with Satan. Also, anyone in need of a reliable and affordable babysitter should call Lisa Simpson. Mention the topic of today's sermon to get a dollar off. (coughs) The topic was love. (laughs) Was it, though? Was that really the topic? I don't know. We didn't hear it, so who knows. Uh, One, there is a real-life band named Testament. They are not a Jesus rock band. They are a... A thrash. Are you sure, Robbie? I yes, I have. They're thrash metal. They're very good. I really, I like Testament quite a bit. Uh, they're not. They're not. They're not. They are a. What? They're a, a. One of the earliest famous thrash metal bands. Everyone should listen to them. They're very good. Better than Metallica. That's right. I said it. All right. Better than Metallica after 1993. <laughs> well, that's not saying nearly. You're not making quite the stand you, i would say you, uh, i'm on par with first. metallica up till 1993 and then after 1993 much better uh but lisa basically has uh, did she have to pay for that did lisa have to pay for her church advertisement you know i wonder depends on the church i guess i don't think so i think they're not hurting i think they're probably i think lovejoy is looking to fill his announcements and so he's he will do them for That's free probably true there's only two of them honestly and one of them is for him his own thing uh, they they question if Lisa's old enough. Lisa is only eight years old. I certainly I don't think I would let an eight year old babysit my children. No, no, you got to be at least a teenager before you can babysit. I feel like I isn't that what elderly family members are for? That too, actually. Like that's why they're around, right? That's why we keep old people around so they can watch children. I, mean, I can't think of a better reason. <laughs> not that, I'm kidding. Not, not I'm because kidding. we love them or we enjoy their company. It's because they can watch and do things for us because they are retired. Right, right. Okay, well, I'm glad we all agree. Uh, but uh, no one is, no one's calling. Probably, and because probably Lisa is eight years old. But uh, Flanders shows up at the Simpsons' door, and apparently Maud's been kept, kidnapped by terrorists. Just kind of a, it's just kind of a footnote well, in this it happens episode. In the Holy Land. <laughs> I, I don't really. Uh, it seems like yeah, it's very. It doesn't seem like Ned is nearly as worried as he probably. I would be rather concerned if my wife was kidnapped in the Middle East. True, but uh, the embassy said it was a routine hostage taking. Rout- so, routine, yeah. obviously, routine. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, they, she, he needs someone to watch the kids, and because Homer won't do it, uh, Lisa will. Uh, <laughs> uh, she has to watch out because Todd has been pinching people. I don't. Is that a thing? Do kids go through a phase when they pinch? I feel like I did hear about that at one point of uh, pinching. I mean, I don't think all kids go through it, but I feel like it's a pretty common thing for kids when they, they want to feel they have an impact on the world and they have their fine motor control. They would. I could definitely see kids doing that. I, I don't know. I don't. It just makes Todd and Rod both – like we get to more, hey, look, Rod and Todd are psychopaths and their father is raising them like a crazy person. Uh, we get a glimpse of that when there's a moth that attacks. Where are the dice? Daddy says dice are wicked. We just move one space at a time. It's less fun that way. Moth! 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 
Okay, one, moths are creepy. I have creepy? No... What's wrong with a moth? They're like a butterfly, but they just look a little different. I th- Say that again, Matt. They look like a butterfly, but just slightly different. Slightly more horrifying, you mean? Not really, no. But, I mean, butterf- you look at a butterfly's face? Butterf- that's pretty terrifying. No, butter- well, butterflies have beautiful, colorful wings, correct? In general, they're yellow, Not always. or they're blue, there's... or they're orange. Occasionally, they're, they're, very, they're dark and... Occasionally, maybe, maybe like a, a, most, a dark brown. I think or black. I think that redeems butterflies in my eyes. They have beautiful coloring. Moths are just gray or white, and they still have that creepy powder wing thing going on. And they like they go to lights, like they flutter around lights, and that's all. I don't know. It. I I find them unsettling. I don't like moths. You're a very strange individual. I, I think that's been established. I'm just saying. I I generally don't I don't uh, commiserate with Rod and Todd very much. Totally understand the moth thing. Ladybugs are not scary, though. Ladybugs are cool. No, ladybugs are the best, even though they are quite ravenous for other bugs. That's fine. You can eat other bugs. I mean, that's why I like, I, I keep spiders around, because they eat other bugs. Exactly. Like mosquitoes. I think we all agree that mosquitoes should be wiped off the earth. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure studies have been done uh, that mosquitoes, where they wiped off the earth, uh, no one would really suffer. Uh, we could just uh, get rid of them entirely, and uh, no one would be the worst. No species would go ex- extinct or anything. I mean, uh, bats would have to find other things to eat, but, uh, you know, uh, they, they'd they manage, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Can't we just establish a balance where there's just enough mosquitoes to feed the bats and then no more? Or we'll just have only male mosquitoes. <laughs> could do that, right? I don't think it works quite uh, quite the way. Uh, Rod and Todd want to. They pray. They thank the Lord for for Lisa uh, getting rid of the moth that he sent, and uh, they ask the Lord humbly for a bedtime story about robots named Rod and Todd. Lisa delivers that story. I believe uh, Rod and one of them is afraid of the story in the middle of it, not uh, about a story about robots named Rod and Todd. They get afraid of that story in the middle of their own. Oh, Rod and Todd. Uh, but Lisa is successful. She does a great job with Rod and Todd. Uh, was it Rod? or Which is the younger one again? I think we have this. This, this I have this. I'm confused about this. I believe this. Todd is the younger one. Okay, yeah. Todd doesn't pee his own bed, so that's always great. I think he seems a little too old to be peeing, his own be- peeing, peeing in the bed, but I don't know what, Flint, what Ned is doing to those two kids. <laughs> they seem to have some nervous. Uh, it's, not, it's nothing good. It seems they have, like, nervous conditions and he's not helping uh but lisa gets hired from the good reputation she gets the good review she gets from ned i guess assume she gets hired by uh the 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 wiggums so they can go see bob saget not bob seeger well you know i personally i kind of i think i'd rather see bob saget but you know i was gonna ask you that very same that very question man i'll I'll take bob seeger every day of the week over bob saget well you would Bob Seger, classic rock and roll artist. Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Turn the page. No, no idea. Versus talking about Bob Saget. Bob Sagat. Oh, he's from Street Fighter now. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, but uh, she she bases Ralph, which feels a little weird to me. Like they were in a they were kind of dating. They were proto dating. True, but Ralph needs a lot of supervision. This is also Ralph has arguably changed the most of all the characters in the Simpsons. 
He yeah. used to be like a relatively, maybe a slightly slow child, like a slightly below average intelligence child. And that's all he was who liked Lisa. And now as years ago, like people are complaining a lot about how Homer has gotten dumber. Ralph is that's true. Ralph has gotten way dumber. Ralph, Ralph, Ralph is, has gotten like subhuman intelligence. Yeah, Ralph is not as like a dog is smarter than Ralph at this point. And I, like I don't, I, I think at a certain point you have to slow that down. They just never did. They just kept going. Uh, <laughs> also, he, and he watches uh, the the Hibbert's children, and that they, she's successful. She watches them, and she's successful with them. And eventually, we get to the point where uh, Marge and Homer, and and this episode. Up until this point, takes takes place over like uh, probably a week, I would guess, at least a span of a few nights, because Lisa's babysitting multiple different children. Uh, and at this point, right up into this point where uh, Marge and Homer are going to the the gala, the black tie event, uh, it takes place all in the span of a night until the very very end. It's all very it's it's the pacing of this episode is, is kind of strange. I think that's what I get away from all of it is like you get a big span of time and then everything condensed into one night for most of it. And then again, just the next, we get like a very small epilogue of the next day kind of thing. That's true. It's, it's basically everything bad that happens. It happens in one night when she danced with the devil, AKA her brother. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, but Marge and Homer are ready. They're dressed. Homer has been in his tuxedo, I guess for two days now, because he wants to get his, all the mileage he can out of it. Uh, and, uh, they are about to leave when they inform Bart that Lisa is in charge. Dad, you look totally classy. You could be Abe Lincoln's father's boss. Can you see the pie stains? It'll be dark. So when's Grandpa getting here to babysit? Mm, Grandpa's not coming. Oh, not Patty and Selma. Actually, Bart, Lisa's going to be in charge tonight. What? I know she's young, but Lisa has proven herself mature and dependable. Dad, help me out. Take it like a man, boy, and do everything your little sister says. This is an outrage. I am two years and 38 days older than she is. This is the greatest injustice in the history of the world. Well, we have to run. I'm sure you kids will work things out. Good night. Make sure he brushes his teeth, Lisa. So? Lisa's in charge, and we go to commercial. Literally the greatest injustice that has ever been done in the history of the world. <laughs> Literally. Nothing has ever been worse. Nothing. And when we come back... Oh, are you trying to indicate something? I, 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 I said the words. I said the magic words. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, when we come back, Bart is being openly antagonistic to Lisa, like telling her awful, awful things. Bart, I know you're not wild about having me for a babysitter, but I'm not some ogre. I think you'll find me fair and fun. You're dead. You should wash up for dinner. To make it fun, you can use the Mr. Bubble. It'll be like giving your fingers a bubble bath. You are so dead. So, obviously, Bart is, let's say, upset. That's a good one. Upset. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's... Yeah, I'm not... I don't think Bart is necessarily mischaracterizing this. No, this is totally Bart. I mean, he's at his... I don't know if I'd say most evil, but definitely his most... Um, uh, prankitude kind of thing. He, he was basically using all of his ingenuity to destroy Lisa's credibility. I don't. It's it's. It, I don't. It's not evil. I don't. I don't want to see any time he's evil. He's just being a jerk. But he's also a ten year old boy. Like they don't have a. You don't have really a scope of what you're. It reminds me. I think it. 
the same writer, Dan Green, he wrote Summer of Four Foot Two. It reminds me of that Bart a little bit, uh, who where he's also like openly destructive of what Lisa Lisa trying to build something that's not really hurting him directly, like it has nothing to do with like her babysitting and making money isn't really doing anything necessarily up against Bart in this episode, but it just, this episode doesn't do as much to establish why Bart is acting like this other than, Oh, I just don't like being bossed around by my little sister, which is fine. You know, I, I believe, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I would makes... assume that th- they basically had a power dynamic where Bart was the older one. He was obviously in charge when they were together. And then this basically flips that. And Bart is just, flabbergasted and because he's so surprised he lashes out at that yeah it's just i don't they don't do as much to establish exactly why it's we're left to assume well of that's why of course uh they just don't i think i that's true I, yeah I, I just assumed it was that and moved right on i didn't it, even occur to me that'd be something else well i don't think it would be something else i just wish they could show like have a just a small bit of bart of establishing like i think we un, we in Summer Four for Two, I think we they they directly establish Lisa is kind of usurping his identity. Like we see that with the the, the, the uh, of being the cool kid, and there's like direct scenes that are like showing Bart ostracized. He's not cool. He is the uncool kid in this situation. While Lisa is in this case, it's just like Lisa's being successful. She's making money. I kind of wish maybe they took a little bit of the time away from Homer and Marge who take Homer and Marge to be fair are given the brunt of like trying to carry the humor a lot of the humor in this episode because Bart I to be frank I find Bart is so mean to Lisa that it's hard to f- me to find any humor in it at all that's true I mean everything Bart does is just it's not I mean okay, the coffee ice cream given to Maggie kind of funny other than that though you're absolutely right he's just so such a jerk about it. I mean, you, you get wrapped up in that before you can really laugh. Although party sub and crusty also kind of funny. It's like you get the, the intent that it's supposed to be funny, but you're so aghast at all the horrible things Lisa has, or uh, Lisa has to endure that it's hard to laugh at it, especially the second time around the first time around. You're like, what? This is so crazy. And then after that, you're just like, wow, Bart's a, a little bastard. He's not, yeah, he's not being very nice. And I think that's, I don't, I just wish it was a little bit more. They just did their, uh, laid the foundation a little bit more other than, oh, he doesn't like being bossed around, which is fine. I mean, I, again, when, if Homer was acting like this, I think it was bad, but it's Bart. He's 10. Of course, he's going to act like this. When <laughs> it, it's actually true, uh, which some people were pointing out in the forums, news groups, he's more in line with early Bart. Like from the first and second season, yeah, that's true. You're good. You're yeah, good. You're I'm. I'm fine. Move on. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure. Uh, so when Homer and Marge arrive at the Squidport, uh, it's a pedestrian mall which Homer drives right on. <laughs> he is literally the only car around. Everyone around him is walking, and Homer's totally okay with it. He actually runs over a velvet rope and then parks the car on top of uh, some kind of symbol on the ground. I didn't, I didn't catch if the children, had any children, children for peace. I believe it, it was saying oh. something like that. It, had, it was a very colorful picture, uh, so like logo of children holding hands. So that's very good to park around. The that's top the kind of. of thing Homer would destroy. I really, uh, and when the mayor even yells, at them. I was going to say, I really like that. The mayor, March is like, we should stop the mayor yelling at us. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good thing to like, you know, calm, you know, maybe if the mayor is just screaming at you, maybe, 
maybe check yourself well, a little bit. Well, maybe the mayor is a crazy part person. You never know. Maybe, but. maybe. Yeah. Uh, at this point, though, we go back to Bart and Lisa. Bart is asking for more lima beans and then decides he doesn't want them. Once his place almost full of them, he gives Maggie coffee ice cream, uh, which heavily caffeinates her, which I guess she's a baby. Sugar and caffeine have a lot of effects on her, I guess. Um, so Lisa is, is is stressed, essentially. Bart's doing everything he can under the guise of civility to make her life difficult uh, as a babysitter. Well, he's not uh, he, he he's not necessarily like I mean, he does kind of flash it at times, but it is very much like, oh, no, I'm just I'm purpose. I'm it's even more obnoxious to someone like Lisa. I think like Lisa could understand direct antagonism. Uh, but in this case, when Bart is being indirectly antagonistic, when he's just like, no, can I have more beans? And then he doesn't eat them. Or when he, you know, when he goes, when she's later on, go to bed and he goes to bread. Like those types of, those types of jokes and pranks that he's using probably, I would think, would upset Lisa more than just him going, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, I think she could, that's more easily in, to be engaged with on her, in her way of thinking. I, well, I, yeah, because Lisa, Go ahead. No, you finish your thought. Okay. I Lisa is expecting uh, the the kind of direct challenge, and because she has authority in this case, she has the toolkit to deal with that. Whereas these indirect challenges that Bart is leveling at her, she can't really do a whole lot because he's not directly challenging her authority. No, he's just giving her situations for her to deal with, and she's not prepared for. Like, and she can't physically force him to do anything. No, exactly. He is. He is bigger than her. Yeah. Uh, back at the squid board, uh, Homer and Marge pass by. It's a wonderful knife. Much ado about muffins. Uh, Malaria Zone uh, that I mentioned before. You know, these upscale chain stores that uh, only rich people shop in because they, they traffic in things that only rich people could ever want. Uh, hey, There's also a hey, hype. hey, I don't don't. Muffins are for everybody, Matt. OK, you're right. Muffins are for everybody. They're a delicious snack that everyone should have at least several times a week. Um, now I want a muffin. Thanks a lot. I don't know if they need to be several times a week, but I mean, muffin here and there, always great. I like, I'm baked good. Nothing wrong with a good baked good. And they're healthy because they don't have icing on them. Exactly. That's the main difference between muffins and cupcakes is muffins are healthy. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's only, the chocolate chip ones. there's only slightly less sugar in them than in, in a cupcake. So in addition to all of these wonderful upscale chain shops, you have Planet Hype, the restaurant. It's totally not based on anything in real life. It's owned by celebrities, and Homer always wanted to be a celebrity. Exactly. I mean, it's I true, think, I guess. I mean, I have been taken to a Planet Hollywood before. I think Homer's Homer's viewpoint on that is exactly the the way that Planet Hollywood managed to stay in business for so long. Those people were like tourists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, also, the the um, apparently oh, I I read this as I was studying up on this episode, and there was a whole episode built around the idea of a Planet Hollywood, written for uh, Bruce Willis, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Sylvester Stallone, the three main dudes who were behind investors. Investors, I I don't know. I don't really know ex- if they were ex- actually the main – if they had put in the most money or if they were just like, hey, we're celebrities. We'll represent it. But apparently they did – they created a – like they wrote a whole episode for it and then they learned that none of those guys wanted to do it because it was actually a publicist idea and they had never even heard of this. And they were just presented it with out of the blue and they're like, no, I don't want to – I barely care. I barely care. Simpsons. I bar- no, I barely care about this restaurant in real life. Why would I do a whole Simpsons episode <laughs> about it? I don't know. I thought that was very interesting. 
I would like to see the at least the the script for that uh, horrible lost episode. I wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, Rainier Wolfcastle apparently had his secretary approve the menu of this particular planet hype, and right next door is Moe's Brewing Company in fancy lettering, which is just a really long tunnel that takes them straight to Moe's. <laughs> yes, I I really like that a yuppie is in there, and he's like, "This isn't a faux dive. This is just dive." And I, yeah, I mean, honestly, you give the guy a, a weird haircut and greased up facial hair, and it could be modern day all uh, yeah, over it's, again. It's yeah, it's another like, hey, I want the illusion of of uh being uh a a I don't know a low scale a dive bar. I don't want it actually to be a dive yeah, bar. I like things that look kind of trashy, but still apply are still adhere to the health code, whereas very, most definitely does and not. very expensive. I mean, I I yeah. think I think the only problem I see with Moe's uh, business strategy here is he doesn't have an a- another door that just leads directly outside of his own of, of where his actual bar is. I think you could have two doors. I think to allow in both both kinds of customers. Yeah, and that way be, the yuppies would be like, "Wow, these are authentic bar flies." Yes, authenticity is very important. It really is. Uh, back at the house, Lisa is bathing Maggie and having a little bit of trouble. She's heavily caffeinated. Uh, Bart orders a giant party sub, swimming in vinegar, apparently. <laughs> anyway, uh, at this point, Lisa comes. Lisa has put Maggie to bed, and she comes down to basically get Bart to go to bed, but it does not go the way she wants. Why do you have to make this so hard? I'm using nonviolent resistance. Ugh, the idea that you would compare yourself to Mahatma Gandhi. Who? I'll answer it. You go to bed. Good evening there, miss. Here's your giant sub, swimming in vinegar, just the way you like it. It's going to be $225 plus tip. What? I didn't order any giant sub. Hey, hey! Are you ready to get rowdy? Excuse me? Somebody hired me for an emergency bachelor party. Well, there's been a mistake. Well, I'm not leaving till I get paid. I get 500 just for hey, hey. Who called for an emergency cysterectomy? <laughs> we got a report that a Lisa Simpson spotted a UFO. I didn't see any UFO. That's right, miss. You didn't. I'm here to pick up the ambassador from Ghana. Well, he's not here. Nobody's here. And none of you should be here. You've all been tricked. Why would the ambassador do such a thing? So, yes, all of those wonderful people show up just to make Lisa's life difficult. Uh, although, apparently, uh, Bart was not able to host the AA meeting he attempted uh, to schedule for the evening. So, at least there was that. I, they probably were uh, full up. They already scheduled for that night, so they probably had to reschedule, you know, to another night, maybe. Right next, right next door to Moe's. King Toots? Anyway. Yes, there you go. King too. That's a good, that's a good place. Music will soothe the soothe the savage alcoholic soul. Uh, at this point, uh, Lisa tells Bart to go to bed. He does so, and Lisa then finds him in the kitchen because uh, apparently Bart misheard her and uh, thought she said to go to bread. Oh, I don't know. Be happens. bed. Uh, Lisa then tells him to go to bed. B e d. Bart does, but goes to the parents' bed because uh, again, Bart is. Uh, he's great at indirectly challenging. Uh, at this point, there is a scuffle, and Bart falls down the stairs. And that's where we cut to commercial. When we come back, Bart's arm has extra quarters. And he's got a bump on the head. And he has a bump on the head. He is he is 
mostly okay. He is, I guess, dislocated his shoulder or something. It's hard to say exactly what he did to his arm. It certainly is not good, though. It is hanging at a bad angle. It is not. It's just kind of flopping around. That's not a good. I've I have broken at my arm. Inside him, I have broken my arm, and the, that is not a good feeling when your arm just kind of is flopping around and doesn't. It's not doing what you want. It's a little. It's disconcerting. Uh, Bart kind of. Yeah, it hurts a lot. It's actually not that bad after the initial. Yeah. yeah. At least when I broke my arm, I'm not going to speak for everyone. I'm sure some broken arms hurt more than others, but it's more like your arm just doesn't work. Like it just won't because there's no bone there. It's not going to move. Like the bone's not connected, so you're not going to be able to. I don't know. It's 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 a weird feeling. Um, Bart doesn't want to go to the doctor because he wants to 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 show uh, both Homer and Marge when they get home what she's done uh, and how bad a babysitter uh, Lisa is. Uh, at the same time, Homer. You ever and- really think they would blame her? I uh, mean, come on, it's well, Bart freaking Simpson. I know. I think that's the. I mean, we. I think that's this is the interesting part of the episode to me. The, the, the or at least the most interesting part is we're seeing Lisa kind of eat herself with her own worries and insecurities and fears and how you know she's a she's a she's a good kid. She gets all A's. She always does the right thing. She has the reputation of being the 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 smart kid and the well behaved kid, and she's worried that anything that isn't that will instantly destroy everyone's beliefs in her. And like I think that's I, as a person who had that, I was similarly uh, thought the same. I thought the same way when I was a child. You know, I there's a reason Lisa is my favorite character. <laughs> and that anxiety it's, it's barking in your yeah, brain. Yeah, how I can't get a, I can't get a B. I'm an A student. That's who I am. That's my identity. And I think that's what we're seeing here is Lisa is starting to get eaten up by her insecurities, by her fears, and Bart is playing into it. Uh, because he knows he can. Uh, Homer gets trapped in a fountain at the at the squid port. It's pretty funny. He can't. He, I just run through the water. It's okay. Get a, you already got pie on your tuxedo. I think it's okay. Just get a little bit wet. It's just before cell phones, obviously. So yeah, there was not. There's not that. that concern's not even there. Uh, Bart locks himself in uh his own room to make sure that he can't go to a doctor. Of course. Uh, and he starts banging his head onto into his own in, into his own door, and then knocks himself unconscious. Which quite an achievement, honestly. Yeah, right. Like, how hard is it to knock yourself unconscious? Because it's okay. Sorry, I shouldn't say how hard. It is severely difficult to knock yourself unconscious in the movies. Not how it works in the real world. Knocking your head unconscious is ridiculously difficult if he's able to do that himself i it, don't even know how i would like maybe if he ran full speed head first into the into the door like that's i guess possible he's a, a child so it's probably yeah. a little bit easier but it's the hard part is you have you know self-preservation you don't want to hit yourself as hard as it takes to knock some yourself out which it requires a lot of force um lisa has a vision of of what will happen when she takes uh bart to the doctor Dislocated shoulder, bump on the noggin. My diagnosis: bad babysitting. Well, near as we can tell, the boy was studying quietly when the girl, drunk on her own sense of power, beat him silly with a block of frozen lima beans. It's true, young lady. You will never babysit again. I am so disappointed. Pointed. Well, 
I guess I don't have a choice. See, there you go. Doesn't have a choice. Nope. No one has a choice. Well, I mean, I, and that's, I mean, Lisa's eight and she thinks this is her world. Like you do when you're a kid, you think every decision you make is the last one you can. And it's all very important. Uh, there is, you know, it's, you can hear it when she is thinking Marge saying, you're such a disappointment. Like, I think that is what she's yeah. really afraid of. She's like, no, I don't want to disappoint you. I, I, this is who I am. It's very important. Uh, she tries to call 911. They don't believe her because of all the of the leprechaun bite reports and the butt rot reports and the cysterectomies. They're sure, not, they gave up. They blocked they, her number. Yeah, exactly. They you know uh, can't cry wolf so many times before they stop believing you. Uh, she would call Doctor Hibbert, but she has the she has the worry that he will disparage her. You know, he won't want her to babysit his children anymore. Uh, but luckily, luckily, Matt. Dr. Nick is just as good as Dr. Hibber. It says so. I in mean, they his, say it right in the ad. It says it in the ad, and they wouldn't lie. Of course not. Or uh, would they? Well, I don't Doctor, No, Dr. Nick's up on the up and up. He would not. He would definitely not lie. No, never, ever. Never, ever. Uh, but uh, Marge and Homer are treating themselves to jello shots. Very classy. Marge is a little worried about the children, wants to go check on them. She should be. Hey, Marge's motherly intuition is right once again. Homer's like, nah, they're fine. Lisa's in charge. The good one. Yeah, Lisa's... Important to leave it in the hands of the good one. Yeah, the good one. Uh, Lisa uh, has... Uh, Bart is unconscious, so she has take, put him in a wheelbarrow uh, and, and decides from there that they will go to see Dr. Nick. Hold on, Bart. Everything's going to be just fine. I'm going to get you to a doctor. He will fix you up. And by this time tomorrow, we'll all be a happy family. Happy, happy, happy family. Maggie! Please, Maggie. Please, go to sleep. I, I think everyone who's been around a child has always, as at one point or another, asked, "Please go to sleep." Yes, uh, I don't. Most of the time, though, it's not when they're in a cat carrier. Well, no, but maybe it should be. Um, no, I don't. We should not be putting children in cages, portable cages. Uh, or like, should we? But maybe I. No, I'm against it. I'm against this idea no. firmly. I we should well, we'll not have, to have a long drawn out discussion about we, this. I don't think dehumanizing children is a good idea. You sh- probably should treat them like a little little. Well, when they're that young, they won't even notice it. I've I don't know about that either. I I don't I don't know how I don't again I don't have any children. I if I have ever have a child, I would not be putting them in a small cage. I'm gonna do my best not to. I'm gonna try and treat them as humanly as possible, humanely and humanly as possible. Uh, if you say, I, 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 I do say so. Uh, also, I forgot to mention this. Uh, there's that the government guy uh, who's uh, happy that Lisa doesn't hasn't seen the UFO. Yeah, this is uh, Men in Black doesn't come out till this summer. After this, this is in March, and Men in Black doesn't come out till July. Interesting. So there's, I mean, that the X Files is already around, so of course those ideas are very prevalent. But I think it's, I, I like that. I that that's an interesting idea to me because I don't, I. Where these pop culture things happen is always like in their timeline is interesting. Like obviously the Men in Black thing was already there, uh, and then they just kind of use that as the basis for the movie. Uh, but 
Bart is in a wheelbarrow. Maggie's in a cat carrier. Uh, bad ideas all around. Lisa is just going to push them until they get to uh, uh, Dr. Nick's. Uh, I think it's 40 Row Street, which is actually also the uh, address of the Lampoon. Interesting. I'm sure uh, a lot of people uh, who are, were, writing, were writing this episode were like, yeah, I know it's dressed pretty well. Yes, exactly. Uh, but we see uh, uh, Snake is at Dr. Nix with a lot of other recognizable uh, Sim- Simpsons characters, a lot of Springfieldians. Uh, uh, there's a, one of the, I think Legs is there. It might be Louie. Which makes sense. I, I, I'm pretty sure Bumblebee Guy was there as well. Yeah. Uh, Snake was there. He said he fell into a bullet, which is a thing that all of us it happens to all of us. That, that happened. Yeah, you, yeah. All those bullets land around. You just follow them, and boom, they're in your gut. Yeah, I know. It's it's a it's a tragedy. It's a it's a it's a thing you really have to watch out for day to day life. Uh, also, Smithers is there, uh, standing up, not sitting down. Yeah, they're really uh really going heavy on that one. A little subtle, very subtle joke there with the Simpsons. Uh, uh, but Lisa has to get in line uh for in the wheelbarrow line, not the normal line. <laughs> Yeah, Jasper is there too. Where, That's where Jasper. Where Mo is with Barney? Yeah, it's Mo with Barney. Uh, um, is it a monkey with? Is that Professor Frank in one of those wheelbarrows? It looks. It. I think so. Yeah, and and then obviously comic the book comic, guy. Comic book guy with like a squeaky voice, teen or a, a, someone pushing him. Uh, but we don't. She never. She just leaves, right? Like we don't get an idea of like why she leaves. Is it just the lines too long? That's kind of what I'm assuming. She's worried it's going to take too long. I guess so, but. Where is she going now? She's just going to walk to the hospital, I guess, right? Yeah. Because 911 won't uh, believe her. Uh, but on the well, way... Maybe she called 911 from a different place. It's possible. Uh, they would Well, they would come pick her up, if that be the case. Uh, she's walking with the wheelbarrow, with Maggie and the cat carrier, down the road, uh, and Wiggum, in an actual act of good... Well, half good police work, he stops <laughs> and uh, talks to Lisa why she's on the road in the middle of the night with a wheelbarrow. Hold it right there. Well, if it isn't Springfield's finest little babysitter, Lisa Simpson. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm fine. Now, Lisa, when you're walking down the side of the road, you always want to be sure to go with traffic, okay? Well, is that with traffic or against traffic? No, it's with traffic, with traffic. Anyway, good night. Uh, hold on a minute. Let me have a look at that wheelbarrow, please. Just as I thought. It's a yard king. That is a quality barrel. Well, I gotta run. Doesn't it seem like a child walking down the road with a wheelbarrow at that time of night? It's something you should stop, uh, especially since it doesn't appear to be a sidewalk. I mean, he tells her how to... There's nothing illegal about what she's doing. True, but I don't know. I guess I guess I'm of the modern sensibility that children around the age of eight shouldn't be alone far from home. But you know, I guess back then, especially, that was not as odd of a maybe thing. she was. Maybe she's only a few blocks away from her house with a wheelbarrow. Maybe and a cat carrier with a child inside. Well, I'm sure you didn't look close enough to the cat carrier. Yeah, Wiggum did not see the cat carrier. Uh, but the the wheelbarrow is empty. Uh, which I mean, it, Wiggum doesn't see it, but the Lisa's wondering why, and we quickly find out that Bart's body is just rolling down the hill. Uh, she, <laughs> it's really, actually, a really excellent scene. Uh, a good direction of the Lisa, like sk- skiing down the hill with the wheelbarrow. 
and Maggie precariously balanced on top after Bart's body is he rolling into is sliding through mud. <laughs> uh, and she's down there. She's gonna gr- get Bart, put him back in the wheelbarrow. She knows she's gonna do it. She's gonna get out of here, get everything fixed before anyone can see. Unfortunately, Bart has rolled down into the mud right next to the squid port, and the lights turning on for the big mayoral announcement come on just as Lisa gets there. Citizens of Springfield. I officially declare this. What the hell is that? Why, it's Lisa Simpson. And look what she's doing. She's murdered her brother. And she's trying to dump the body in a harbor. Well, duh. And as a grim finale, she intends to drown that poor Kate's baby. What's happening? Where am I? And she's on drugs. Give me the drugs, Lisa. Dad, I'm not on drugs. I was just trying... Oh, his arm! Oh, my special little guy! Are you okay? Hmm, dislocated shoulder, bump on the noggin. My diagnosis, a rather nasty fall caused by bad babysitting. So, Lisa's worst fears are realized. (laughs) Indeed they are. Everything she worried could happen did. Uh, although, if she Basically, just... her life is over at this point. Uh, yes, exactly. Her life is over. Although, she just stayed home and let Bart be unconscious in his room. It would have been... Nothing would have happened, aside from maybe Bart getting... The parents coming home and finding Bart. And that's it. At least not in the mud. In, in, Which in is kind of weird. It's like, why is it so muddy where the harbor is? It's not much of a harbor if it's just mud. I think that's the... I Again, this is... This is uh, it's... Again... Springfield is not a glamorous place, and I imagine the Squidport is the tide goes out. It's just mud. I think that's really, I think that's probably it. Uh, so the it's the next day. I assume the next day. Uh, Bart has gone to see a doctor, and Lisa is just kind of lying morosely in bed. Hey, Bart, how's your arm? It's all right. I was hoping they'd give me one of those steel claws, but what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry. I was such a jerk last night. Guess I sort of ruined your babysitting business. Yeah, well, that's okay. I can always sell seeds. Do you want some seeds? No, thanks. Hello, world's worst babysitter speaking. Lisa, I'm glad I reached you. Are you available to babysit tonight? Aren't you afraid I might take drugs and injure your children? Yes, that is a concern, but it's so hard to find a sitter. And I've got judo tonight. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Can you hold on, please? Hello? Lisa, Ned Flanders. You available tonight? Didn't you hear I almost killed my brother? You did? Just a minute. What time can you come over? So at least we see that Maud got back okay. (laughs) Yes, it's it's good to know that uh, Maud was returned from being kidnapped by terrorists. Uh... Lisa, it, her worst fears were realized. Like, the worst possible thing could happen. And the consequences are basically nothing. <laughs> There's... Everyone, well, yeah, because everyone realizes it's her brother, and they're like, oh, well, obviously you'll have trouble with him. And I think they're just like, well, there's not, we, our options are extremely limited. There's not really, I guess they could go with the ruggy, rubber, rubber, buggy, rubber buggy, baby, baby sitting. Baby bumper. Bub, baby ruggy, baby, rubby, bugger. Anyway... <laughs> Well, the last time someone used them, they got robbed blind. Exactly. So I think they probably got – they might have been pushed out of business for that. But I think that 
the rest of the town is just like, we're desperate for work, for babysitters. I think what this, this episode is actually teaching us, as long as you're, as long as you work in a field that has a, a that is very low depth, uh, it doesn't matter what your reputation is, you can continue to do work forever, like uh, the cable industry. Exactly. When no one has anywhere else to go, they still come to you. No other choices. That's it. That's nope. the end of the episode. Uh, I like it. I think I've always kind of liked this episode. I kind of it Bart's behavior while not wrong necessarily still makes makes you enjoy that part of the episode in particular less. Matt? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was just trying to think. I would agree. I mean, this is a good episode overall, uh but the separation between the two plots uh leads to a little bit of jankiness and it's not nearly as funny. Like I, I wish they had been able to work some more comedy into the Lisa Bart uh, plot, but I can understand how that would be very difficult. Yeah, I mean, and it, I would under like Lisa basically goes a little crazy uh, by the end of the episode, and I think like they had to make it so it's pretty uh, like a heavy escalation of things Bart has done to her to make her get to that point. It's just I don't know. It I do think I wish it was a little bit funnier to alleviate to balance out some of the. Just like I can deal with Mr. Burns or Sideshow Bob being incredibly mean and awful to the Simpsons, but as soon as as soon as it's like them being awful to each other, it is harder for me to stomach. Yeah, because you feel like family shouldn't be quite that mean. At least not this family. I mean, I'm sure there are lots of families out there where people are awful to each other for no particular reason. But The Simpsons has never really been one of those families. No, and I think that's one of the like why I enjoy the show a lot is because they are a unit often above everything else. But again, I it, this is examining that a little bit. I just wish there was a little bit more of like a a laid out a reason laid out that Bart is doing this, not just. It's he's a ten year old who's being bossed around by his eight year old sister, and like that is a it's a reason. I just wish they could like go out, just explain a little bit more of it, and give us a Bart, give make Bart a real more of a real character in this. Like in this case, it's mm-hmm. just like I think that's what sets uh, Summer Four Foot Two apart so much is that yeah, it's examining Lisa's a lot, but it's also giving us really good glimpse of what Bart is. Like I think like their relationship. Every step along the way in Summer Four for Two, you get a really good foundational reason for why Bart is acting horribly to his sister. And this is just like, well, it's his sister. Well, like, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, not surprising. It's true, but I, I, you know, that mm, I think it's still good. It's it's still a good Simpsons episode, and we will rank it at the end of the show. Uh, we do have one submission for my favorite episode. It is from Alex. Hey guys, I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning. I've never written before, but for this episode, I had to. Back in 2008, during my sophomore year of college, my friends and I all lived in the same fraternity house. I happened to bring with me that semester a couple of the Salute Simpsons DVDs from my collection. One of those happened to be Season 8, Disc 4, which contained My Sister, My Sitter. I'd seen the episode a dozen times, but my friends were not too familiar with the show and never seen it. We watched it one night, and from there on out, they were hooked. I kid you not when I say, for an entire month straight, we watched this episode every night, over and over and over again. Uh, made such an indelible impression on us that to this day we still constantly quote lines from this episode like the world's first two for, world's first two story outhouse and the loneliest and che- cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. That's so true. Uh, the wheelbarrow line, uh, the Doctor Hibbert, my diagnosis lines, and all the other small parts of the episode crack us up to this day. There may be episodes that have more heart than this episode, but it des- definitely has a special place in mind. Thanks, guys. Keep up the amazing work. You really rock. Thank you, Alex, for your submission. If you have a favorite episode, uh, submit it to simpsonshowpod at gmail.com, explaining why an episode is your favorite. Uh, when we get to it, I'll read it on air. 
Next up, Matt, it is time. Comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where we'll comb through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group. Uh, see what people were talking about a week or two after an episode debuted, what they thought of the episode, etc. Incredibly mixed reviews on this one. See, I would kind of expect that. I mean, that's that's really not surprising just because there's, I don't want to say a lot of objectionable things in the episode, but things that I could see people not enjoying. And people in this particular news group seem to be very keen on picking up on the things they don't like. It's just, I don't, it's just people were like, this is the best episode of this season. And then other people are like, wow. this, this is the worst episode ever, or the third worst episode ever. I'm like, I, it, it, okay, I can understand, like, I, I'm not, I'm in the middle on this one. I'm more of like, yeah, it's a good, solid episode. I don't think it's spectacular, but I don't think it's bad. I think it has, I think it has a lot of great uh, moments in it. I think it is, has a lot of good writing in it still. Uh, so I, I, that's, I think the, when it's, it seems, I mean, there were some people who are like, yeah, it's good. It's fine. But it's when things get like such disparate, like, I think I understand the worst episode ever people more than I understand the best of the season people. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. True. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I, I, again, I think it's interesting. There was particularly strong arguments about Bart's characterization in this, which we've been talking about. Uh, a lot of people. Some people were really enjoyed it because they felt it was a return to form of early season Bart, of Bart the prankster, of Bart the genius Bart, you know, of of uh, the telltale head Bart, mm-hmm. of that of that like the very fundamental like Bart as a prankster, as a slacker, as the class clown kind of character who is kind of amoral. Shocking, I know, but I. I think there was people who really like that and have constantly been like, there's still people are complaining that the show isn't like it, like how it was in 1990. And those people like this Bart, but then there's also people like, no, he's like, I think there was a really good response to like, he's a 10 year old kid. Like, I don't know what what your memories of being a 10 year old kid are like, but I don't, it made me think about like, yeah, I had a, I also, I have a, a, a sister and she is younger than me, uh, three years younger than me. And if I was a 10 year old, I'm, I was a, Prior to puberty, I was actually pretty reserved, a quiet, a quiet child. Uh, but what? I know, but I think I probably would have a problem with my sister bossing me around when she, when you know, if she, if my parents, one of my parents never went out at night uh, because they were boring. But uh, <laughs> if they did that and my sister was left in charge, I probably would have, I probably would have been like, what? 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 You'd this have lost is, your stuff. This is the greatest uh, offense known to man. It's the worst thing has ever happened. So I had like I it actually the the argument they they had was actually pretty, I don't know, pretty measured for the internet. I'm always I always appreciate when two people can yeah. have differing points of view on the internet and not immediately just launch invectives at each other. That's it. Normal stuff. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. We can move on. To our next segment, it is time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your idea for a Sideshow Bob episode? Uh, really good answers in this. I really like everyone who took the time to, like, actually, this is not an easy, like, hey, my favorite quote, here's eight words. It is like reason paragraphs about like laying out plot. And I really appreciate everyone took the time. Uh, first from Graspar. 
I think a great episode would be Sideshow Bob moving away from Springfield to start a new life. After returning to school and receiving a psychology degree from Yale, he could get a job as a call-in radio psychologist and greet his caller with his tree (laughs) and my greeting, I'm listening. Uh, Somehow the Simpsons went on vacation to Bob City. The Simpsons run into Bob's street ads and then Bob himself. After much pleading from Bob, the Simpsons agree not to ruin this new life for him like they did in Italy. Uh, Somehow the Simpsons still do ruin it for Bob, returning him to a murderous rage and the cosmic ballet goes on. Uh, from Andrew, oh, I have something for this. Bob is released and decides the best way to destroy Springfield is to deprive it of tourism dollars. So he moves to Shelbyville and becomes a curator of a new and imp- new improved Shelbyville Museum of Art, Science, and History. Thanks to Bob's shrewd stewardship and newfound social media savvy, the museum attracts fancy folk from across the world and steals the spotlight, and more importantly, the revenue from Springfield's local attractions. Springfield, however, bounces back by starting a new museum, one devoted to Bob's grisly exploits, that thanks to Bob's own infamy and increased celebrity quickly o- overshadows its Shelbyville counterpart. Eventually, the Shelbyville Museum closes, forcing Bob to move back to Springfield and give tours at the Sideshow Bob Museum of Murder to make ends meet. I like it. Uh, from Nick, uh, if they want to stay topical, it's got to be something where he gets a right-wing talk show in Springfield, sort of a follow-up to his time as a mayor, uh, when the Rush Lim- Rimbaugh surrogate Birch Barlow helped him get into office. could also lead to Fraser references, since that character was a talk show host. That would be beyond dated at this point. It has not stopped The Simpsons otherwise. Uh, also, not <laughs> sure if Grammar would want to poke fun at Republicans, given his honors real-world political views. Still, I think it would be have potential to be funny and edgy. Well, he's, they've done it before, I don't think. But I don't think... Uh, Kelsey, I don't. Kelsey Grammer doesn't seem to turn down roles because they disagree with his own political beliefs. I don't think yeah. he, would, he couldn't have been Frazier in the first place. Uh, Austin, uh, a, Austin answer. Austin's answer: a team up with Frank Grimes is actually good. Eh. A story where he meets Sideshow Mel if ever really interacted would be interesting. I see the story after years of Mel taking Krusty's abuse. Bob uses this as leverage to push Mel into framing Krusty for a crime, only to be thwarted by Bart. Now that there are two sideshows out to get Bart, I like that's pretty good. Uh, uh, from Dave, how about a Halloween episode where Bob plays a variety of movie slasher monster roles? You know, ones that haven't been used yet. Hannibal Lecter, uh, helping police mm-hmm. track someone who's kidnapped Bart. And Jigsaw, complicated. Well, they, they did a, they, at least they did a red herring for Saw in, um, uh, what's the episode where Homer gets kidnapped by Selma and, pa- Selma and Patty? Um, Sacha Bob. Homer was, gets kidnapped? Yeah. When he, the, uh, Homer, and they, the, the only find that, the only thing they find at the crime scene is an SB. They think it's Sacha Bob. I don't remember episode. that episode. Is is it recent? Yeah, it's a newer episode. Oh. I can I'll, I can I can tell you it. Um, uh, what's the name of it? You've you've done trivia for it for me, Matt. Probably. No, you have. I guarantee you, it's not a probably anything. Uh, it is wedding for disaster. Because Homer, right, fair and, enough. I don't remember that. Homer and Marge's wedding doesn't never wasn't valid in the first place. But before they can get actually get married, Homer dis, is. Get, is Homer disappears. Oh yes, yes. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. And it, they have like a saw parody in there, and Sideshow Bob is the red herring. He's not actually uh, the culprit in that, but it is a it's indirectly they did it, I guess. Um, let's see, where was I? Uh, Jason, if you joined a different clown sideshow gag in Shelbyville, uh, and Springfield is for it, so Bart and Homer and even Lisa go set him up for failure, so he loses the gig and humiliates Shelbyville, except Shelbyville is thinking the same thing about Springfield and ruining Krusty. Krusty versus Bob. That's I always like Krusty Bob stuff. Uh, Sean, yeah. I would like to see him in another version of perhaps a well-known opera, Simpsons version of, of Les Mis, Carmen, The Merchant of Venice, perhaps Shakespeare. Bob and Les Mis would be good. That's true. Anytime Bob gets to do his whole... Um, highbrow thing. Oh, what's a nice highbrow thing? Yes, it, it always makes it funny because it's something that I feel like the most viewers of The Simpsons either uh, skewer about themselves or are involved with are characteristics of people they don't like. 
Uh, next from Robbie, mine tentatively titled Sideshow Squad. Uh, Bob brings together a group of villains like DC's Injustice Gang or the Legion of Doom with the likes of the Babysitter Bandit, Hank Scorpio, Fat now, Tony. This is a good idea. Malloy, the Cat Burglar, of course, Mr. Burns, hell, why not even Kang and Kodos? Take over half, take over City Hall and try to put through a kill Bart policy, but who's to stop them? The return of Pie Man and Cape Cupcake Kid. Superhero, uh, superhero story. Uh, JD, 30 minutes of being hit by rakes. <laughs> yeah that's a good uh danny at whoosh uh bob's voice is so great i wouldn't mind a version of the flying hellfish in the vein of the great dictator where he does chaplain speech that'd be hmm. yeah i mean obviously some of these won't work with current chronology but i still think they're neat uh, uh from john uh Sacho bob is out on day release and a crime is committed which he is blamed for meanwhile homer is the only one who can give him an alibi but bart asks him not to Sacho bob pleads with his to test pleads with him to testify for him and he eventually does with the simpsons naturally protecting bart from him. after a failed attempt on bart Sacho bob swerves the family by instead taking maggie uh in the end maggie is able to outsmart him and escape on her own homer is also able to send bob to prison and restore equilibrium i reckon there can be some really good homer bob and maggie bob interactions in another dimension on previous storylines uh, this will also give every Simpson child the upper hand on Sideshow Bob. Uh, from Mason. It's important my, to have that. It is. My idea for Sideshow Bob so it would include Hank Scorpio and Mr. Burns too. Hank would uh, would uh, build a power plant near Springfield and take all Burns' workers with promises of better pay, among other benefits. But Burns is forced to hire convicts from Springfield, Springfield Penitentiary. This is where Bob comes in. Bob obviously wears a three-piece uh, three suit to work, which already grabs the attention of Burns and Smithers. They bring him to Burns' office and recruit him to try and take Scorpio down Comedy ensues. Uh, many things can happen from here. Imagine Scorpio as an almost Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom type villain here. Uh, Scorpio is a, uh, frankly, is a Doctor Doom type villain. Yeah, he, he just doesn't have the accent. Uh, maybe he, he said he would pay Bob two hundred dollars and never did in a flashback. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good Luke Cage uh, reference there. Scorpio's castle is like a castle of many traps, and Bob, Burns, Smithers, and maybe Chuck and a few more characters for good luck have to work their way through to get to Hank's office, and they eat his lunch or something as threatening as that is, as that is of course. I always had this idea since the first movie came out when I was a wee lad. I don't know why, but it's always stuck with me. Uh, finally, from Kyle, uh, when Sideshow Bob comes within moments of realizing, realizing his revenge on Bart, he suffers a serious heart attack. While hospitalized, it is revealed Bob requires a serious and expensive operation to survive. When Bart finds out that no one in town cares to help Bob, he takes it upon himself and learns just how important their friendship really is. <gasps> Matt, what is your answer? It's getting pretty long. Uh, I'm actually going to do a, a ripoff of uh, something I, I've seen lots of places. Uh, my thought is uh, Krusty is wanting to go back and uh, redo all his old episodes with new graphics and things like that. Obviously, you know, based on uh, George's the special edition Star Wars. Uh, and of course, Bob, seeing those as his legacy, uh, decides that no, you cannot do that. And Bart, being a huge Krusty fan, agrees with Bob and wants to and they have to team up to essentially take Krusty down uh but in the chaos that ensues Bob commits a crime and goes back to jail obviously obviously I'm actually pretty proud of mine it came to me uh okay I even wrote it down because I wanted to make sure everything had everything straight um Springfield Penitentiary is introducing a new brainwashing technique to reform criminals uh so they get basically reformed through nefarious means uh, Bob is in the lineup to get the treatment. Snake is ahead of him, probably. Uh, Bob, of course, doesn't want anything to do with this because he considers himself a, a full person uh, along with his, his... He doesn't want to be changed. He, he values his identity. Uh, Snake goes ahead of him. We see Snake go into this machine. Snake comes out. He's good again. He like, pledges himself to clean living and, and no more crime. <laughs> uh, Bob enters the machine, and just as it turns on, he escapes. Uh, 
So he gets... He's, You're basing this off that Futurama episode. I totally am basing it off this Futurama episode. Uh, <laughs> I love it. He goes... So he goes out uh, into the world running from the police. Uh, and he goes to the place of the person who is the biggest opponent of the brainwashing technique. And that happens to be Lisa Simpson. So he hides out with Lisa, accepts him because she doesn't... She is against this technique, this, this machine. And so... Uh, she tries to hide him. Eventually, the family finds him. Uh, Bob pleads his case as only Bob can with Kelsey Grammer's sonorous voice and some good writing. They believe him. They they uh, they agree to hide him uh, for now until maybe the, they decide not to use the machine anymore. But the police arrive. Uh, there's chaos. Uh, they're trying to grab Bob. Bob escapes. He manages through happenstance, happenstance probably, to escape only with Bart. So him and Bart escape with the, from the police, uh, and they go to the only one place Bob has left to hide, and he has this maybe a secret hideout somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I, I, maybe the mountains, or you know, it could be anywhere. It's Springfield. Anywhere, yeah. Uh, they go to this hideout, and it is. It looks like a replica of his jail cell. Honestly, it should look. It should look really small, and it is of course littered with like effigies of Bart's body and like kill Bart, kill like die Bart, die like just uh, all the callbacks to him threatening Bart's life all these many many years, and of, and now he's alone with Bart, and he could easily kill him if he wanted to, uh, but Bob has kind of a uh, a, a a moment of reflection and revelation where he realizes why am I even trying to kill Bart anymore. This is insane. I've been doing like you can at this point you could introduce like I've been trying to do this for nearly 30 years or like you want to you know if you want to make a joke about how long he's been trying to do it and seemingly and has always failed. Why am I still trying to do this? I'm wasting my time, wasting my life mm -hmm. and realizes I don't want to. It doesn't make any sense. I, I shouldn't try. Like he actually is a full on revelation. I, I have to abandon my uh, my uh, hatred of Bart Simpson. The police show up again. They've tracked him down. And Bart volunteers to buy time for Bob to escape once again. But Bob instead says, no, I will turn myself in. And as soon as the handcuffs, the handcuffs click around his wrist, we cut back in time, which you've already guessed, Matt, I'm guessing. We jump back in time to the moment Bob was entering the machine. He actually never escaped. And he is released after treatment. And now you can do stories with Bob where he's not a criminal. From now, from that episode forward, you could just do episodes with Bob as mm. another character. It's a way to change the status quo. And it is absolutely, absolutely stealing from Absolutely Fabulous, the Futurama <laughs> episode, which I was one of my favorite Futurama episodes. And it was a really good episode. A, I don't, you can steal, who cares? It's from, it's Matt Groening. It's his own show. I think he's allowed to, you can transport that over. And uh, let's, yeah, totally. uh, and let's Bob to, gives, I, I was thinking of like ways you could change up Bob a little bit. Because they haven't done it, a Bob episode in a while now because I imagine they just don't have much they can do with him that they haven't done already. Like how many times can yeah. you make him come up with some scheme and not make it absolutely obvious that it's Bob doing it? Of course it is. And then they've also done the red herring where it's not Bob. So you, at a certain point you have to make it – if you're going to have him at all, you have to move forward with him I think. I'm actually quite proud of that. I'll put it in the pile. I, I appreciate it. I think it's good. I like it. I think all the I, I like really I like all, all the suggestions we've got. I think all the answers are really good and clever. Next week's question: What is your favorite dream sequence or nightmare hmm. sequence? Nightmare sequence as well. I bad dream sequence can count of any. There's despite the Simpsons not doing the Family Guy thing, but there's still plenty of dreams and nightmare sequences. 
uh, like the one Lisa has in this episode. Uh, I will post this question on all our social media, facebook.com slash The Simpson Show Pod, on Twitter at Simpson Show Pod, and you can email us at Simpson Show Pod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt, you know what time it is. Oh, no. It is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. We have a wager for this season, season eight. Whoever loses must sing a, record themselves singing a Simpsons song of the winner's choosing. Matt. Mm-hmm. Give me an easy question. All right, sir. Your easy question for today. What ancient Greek epic did the Simpsons recreate in Tales from the Public Domain? Um, Homer's Odyssey? Oh, sorry. Yes, the Odyssey. Yeah, sorry. Well, I mean, it, it is Homer's. He did He did write I, it. I, yeah, it took me a second. I'm like, I'm thinking of, you know, the Simpsons episode, Homer's Odyssey. I'm like, Robbie, did you not understand the question? No, no, there's, no, not Homer's, no, Homer's, I, Homer's, no, Homer's, it took me a second. possessive Odyssey. Okay, mm-hmm. your question, Matt. These are all from The Man Who Grew Too Much, episode 13 of season 25. Oh, jeez. You really hate me. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to do my darndest. Uh-huh. Your, your easy question, Lisa visits a museum with who? <laughs> your questions are terrible. This is the easiest question in the world for that episode. Uh-huh. It, like, is the main plot. It's like the climax uh, of the episode. Lisa visits a museum with... Let's, oh, oh! I bet you it's Sideshow Bob, because that was our, our listener question. Yes, Matt, you're correct. It is Sideshow Bob. Okay. The whole episode is about Sideshow Bob. It's awesome. I have not seen this episode, like, more than once, it's so, the, you know. It's the worst Sideshow Bob episode. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, is that the genetic engineering one? Yes. Yes, that is so terrible. They based a whole stupid, uh, uh, like, st- series on it in the Tapped Out game. It was awful. Exactly. What is my medium question? All right, so your medium question. Uh, when Lisa is Joan of Arc, who is the true king of France that tries to wed her? Ralph? Ooh, I'm sorry, it's Millhouse. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, I should have realized. <laughs> it was pretty much either Ralph or Millhouse. Uh, you had a 50 I was going to like, no, but like Ralph is more of an innocent. Millhouse would be kind of a, a, a more villainous. Duplicitous. Yeah. Okay, your medium question. Sideshow Bob is in The Man Who Grew Too Much, the chief scientist for what company? Oh, um, oh, what's it called? Oh, what is the corporation's name? It's, it's basically a Monsanto ripoff. Um, oh, man. Oh, oh, um, um, isn't it, oh, God, I want to say it's Monsarno. Is that your final answer? Yes. You are correct. <laughs> I remember I had the buildings and tapped out. Uh, I hate that dang mobile game. Gets you answers. It's crazy. <laughs> Garbage. Okay, what's my hard question? All right, your your hard question. Who plays Hamlet's Uncle Claudius in Do the Bard Man? Is it Wiggum? Wiggum. I'm sorry, it is Mo. Uh, uh, who does Wiggum play? Does Wiggum play anybody? Uh, Polonius. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Sorry, man. It's all right. I know. I think about you know Hamlet's uncle. He kills his father. Homer. Yeah. Yeah. Wife. Yeah. It makes sense. It does make sense. I. Sh- I. Sh- I. I just. I remember Wiggum in particular from that episode. So I just. Yeah. Eh, like, I'm getting stabbed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Your hard question. In the man who grew too much, Lisa discussing what poet makes Bob realize he's a monster. 
Oh, um, Walt Whitman. Ugh, I hate you. I hate you, man. I, just, I really don't like Walt Whitman's poetry. And it's what? stuck in my head. What do you got against Walt Whitman? I don't know. I just leaves don't enjoy a, his poetry leaves, at all. Leaves of grass. Yeah, not a big fan it's, of this grass. It's, it's idyllic. It's kind of I like Walt Whitman. Okay, you don't like you just don't like lovely things, Matt. That's the problem. I really don't. I don't like things that make me feel happiness inside. Well, that was good. Matt got six points. I got one point. Uh, I am totally still within range. I got this. No chance of me losing this week. This this week, I definitely lost this week. No chance of me <laughs> losing uh, the season. It's uh, definitely not. Uh. But we can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Now, Matthew, where would you put this one? Where would you put My Sister, My Sitter? All right. I'm looking for other Lisa Bard episodes. And the one that hits me right away is Separate Vocations just popped up as i was scrolling through our list i think separate vocations is better than this that's 86 what do you think i think you're right okay. i well also i have a very i have a soft spot for separate vocations uh yeah, but i think yeah. separate vocations is a better i i don't know i think it it is kind of the fundamental part lisa it's like the very first one i think that really actually starts exploring what bart and lisa are i think this one is I don't think interesting, but I, I think it doesn't do as much. I think it is retreading a lot of the same ground, and I don't think it does enough with Lisa to warrant it higher. I think that's my problem with it. Like I, yeah. I like, I really like that stuff they start getting into in the third act, but then the episode ends and it's just kind of poof. It's it's done. Um, Lisa versus Malibu Stacy is number ninety nine, and I think that's another good. I think that's another. I honestly think that this is in line with that. I think it is. I, I think this is better than Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. I think. I think it is close, but I think it it is similar. And like in the one above it is the boys who knew too much, which I think is another kind of kind That's of good kind good of gets kind of gets to what they are, but not really. Well, what it really comes down to is both of those episodes are more about one sibling than the other, but the other sibling, the non-focused sibling, plays a significant part. Uh, I think you're right about Lisa versus Malibu Stacy because I feel like Bart's role in that is, is severely diminished, and it's it's the worst for that. The Boy Who Knew Too Much is a Bart-centered episode where Lisa just kind of pops in a little bit, which I feel is a better direct comparison. I actually like The Boy Who Knew Too Much better than this. I... I think it's very comparable because I think the boys knew much. The strength is in it is in the third act, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the same thing with this one. I still think this one is. I don't know. They do. They're very similar, actually. I just. I was. I don't like really lumping in the character episodes all of them together because we had to do that. But. Hmm. Mm, yeah. All right. So. I think I can do right below boy too boy who knew too much. I think I can do that right above Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. It's a good spot. So that'd be a new number ninety nine on our list. Is my sister, my sitter. Still number one on our list is K Fear. Hold on. Uh, 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 speaking of sideshow bomb, number one and last place is Homer's Odyssey, number one sixty. Our next episode, Matt. Do you know which one it is? Uh, if I can switch to that tab really fast, I might. It is Homer versus the 18th Amendment. <gasps> finally! Wait a long time for this. Uh, yeah, we're going to finally get to Homer and the 18th Amendment. 
and uh, get some Rex Banner in here. This is really where the podcast ends. We joked about it being Roy, but it's really when we get to Rex Banner. That's really the important. Yeah, that's true. It's very, he's, he's a very important character. Uh, but we'll be talking about that next week. I hope you guys watch along with us. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find this list at our website, simply thesimpsonshow.com. Links to everything there, to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed. Link to our Patreon. If you uh, want to throw us a couple dollars, we'd obviously appreciate it. Help keep the show ad-free. Um, before we go, you can find me on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. Uh, you can subscribe to my newsletter at tinyletter.com slash Robbie Dorman. You can please listen to my other podcast, The Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. And The Serial Fanaticist. It's about lots of stuff. The last episode was about the prisoner. Next one's going to be about some more Harry Potter talk with Matt. Matt Ham. Talking about yeah, yeah, Harry some, Potter. Some Harry Potters. Uh, we're going to be doing that uh, hopefully soon. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media unless a certain level of Patreon backer you will not find him. That's true, but I have been working on my cat telepathy. Uh, I'm going to be using it to communicate with my wife while she's gone for a week uh, in Mississippi. So uh, if you'd like to get a message with me, uh, develop your own cat telepathy and just put a little message in your cat. Send your cat this way. I'll be happy to give him lots of treats and petting. Uh, and then I will embed my return message in said cat and send it back to you. This method seems incredibly uh, ineffective. Well, Robbie, do you have a better way to send messages? I can't be eavesdropped upon than cat telepathy. I can just email or text. None of those are secure. They can all be intercepted by the government. I, I, but cats, cats I, are assholes. I under, like, They're not going to think on you. I understand that they can be intercepted by the government. I don't think the government's really caring about me going like, hey, can, can you free tomorrow to podcast? I don't think they care that much about. Oh, they care. They oh, care. When oh. they come for you, they'll care. I mean, I'm in Canada. It's a pretty far trip. Well, that's true, but you never know. I mean, the more encrypted traffic there is on the internet, the better. So, you know, make sure you send everything encrypted, everybody. Oh, my lord. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching The Simpsons. And wearing your tinfoil hats. Shh.